Welcome in to Pater Sports, part of the Six Pack Coverage Network. Well done to Nick Trucial, Seth Coggin in here with you, ready to talk a little ball per usual. I guess we'll kick it off. Heisman happened this past weekend. I think we can all kind of agree, Heisman, for whatever reason. We can does go into this hit. a little bit. The Heisman does not hit like he used to. No. It's lost its luster for sure. There need to be some changes made uh, by how the voting works. I mean, it's just kind of... I don't know. It used to be a big, huge deal, and now I felt myself not even really caring about it, only because uh, and Hooker was in it originally, and then once he was out, I kind of just fell off the Heisman. Well, it's weird because I don't even mind Caleb Williams winning it, but it, it just seemed like no one really cared. Yeah, no one really took ran away with it this year, too, which I, I think that's when the Heisman that's a big feels, feels more fun is when like you have a guy like Johnny Manstell who just rips off a – crazy season and it's like oh now he's gonna win that like yeah he's the Heisman winner or Cam Newton who just like goes off and it's like your clear Heisman front you know winner or you have several guys that just really like this was almost like it literally came down to the last week and honestly if TCU wins instead of loses in overtime I think Max Duggan might win it and that's just like well what does that award really become like that result of that game didn't really change the player he is. Like, you're not even judging the player. You're literally judging, like, moments. And every player, like, n- never really stepped up to win it. And then they I think just kind of have to judge. Away. I think you do have to judge performances in big-time games, though, especially yeah. towards the end of the season. That's why, personally, I like Duggan uh, just because of that performance where he truly – I mean, put the entire team on his back, especially that, that was so high. Where, I mean, I've, I've talked about it collapsed in the end zone and it sucks that they didn't win. And I don't, I don't even know if that would have pushed him forward necessarily if they won. I think Caleb Williams just seemed to be kind of the media favorite. I don't know, but it, it I did think Seth, to your point, I started thinking back to Johnny Menzel winning it. And it was like, he, not only did he have just an insane season and was lighting it up the whole year, but he also had the personality as well. I think that's part of it. And I don't know, someone mentioned transfer portal and guys bouncing around and stuff and not really getting to know players as much, especially with so many young guys usually being nominated for the Heisman now. It's guys you haven't seen year after year. You're not used to them quite yet. Even Caleb Williams, you know, you saw him for most of the season last year at Oklahoma. And then he plays at USC this year, which usually, you know, there's a little Pac-12 bias. A lot of people just don't see a lot of those Pac-12 games. Yeah. it. I mean, maybe it's because, you know, as Vol Nation, we feel a little jaded because of Hinden. Didn't really – feel like Hinden could have really got the nod at least to go to the they should have ceremony just and then invited five people. I think just say like, yeah. we've had five incredible players. Uh, these are going to be, these guys are going to be invited. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Is there a rule saying a certain amount of people have to be invited or could be invited? I haven't heard of one. I know when yeah, they're making everything before. up. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're making all the rules that they can, <laughs> so they can change them whatever they, they want. They could, yeah. That is kind of dumb. Just, also, it's like another at insult to injury because there's no telling if he plays those last two games 
his stat lines too are like going to be like, there's no way he's not one of your top four guys. So you're literally punishing a guy for getting injured, like with two games to go in the season. And not only is he dropping out of the actual top running race, but you're, he, you're really not even letting him kind of like get that nod as like a, you know, one of those top tier guys um, when he clearly had a season deserving of one of those spots. I mean, he's like, what bothers me a little bit is, and it doesn't matter. Like none of this stuff matters really, but somehow it does. Per, it's perception. It's all this kind of stuff. Like it does not matter the awards that these guys win, but like it is important to be recognized for greatness. I mean, for having, you know, great, great seasons. And so you see a guy like Hinden, he wins, you know, all SEC quarterback on most across the board. He's the number like number one SEC quarterback. But then you send another SEC quarterback to the Heisman ceremony that didn't even win all SEC. Like he's literally not even the best quarterback in the SEC. How are you going to send him, you know, to the Heisman ceremony? So I don't know. Just uh, just a little. I've been anti Heisman ever since Darren McFadden got robbed in 2006. So I've had just my I've just had my heart out for the Heisman for a while because because they gave it to a guy, Troy Smith, who had a very, you know, above average year at Ohio State. You know, he was the bet. He was the quarterback on the best team. Um, and so he just kind of got penciled in instead of this running back who was literally our only player. You know, Will, I think you see the same thing with uh, with Indomitian Sue. You, you always kind of bring up his season. And just like the remarkable season he had, but he wasn't the quarterback on the best team. So it was a little bit tough for him, him to actually win it. Yeah, no, I, I won't get on too much of a rant about that just because I always can, <laughs> dude, I can always back that up. Like Indominus Sue had a season where he stuffed the stat sheet at a position where you don't have stats. You know, you're playing yeah, D-tackle you to plug blocks. holes. And, you know, yeah, eat blocks. You'll make tackles and everything. But the fact – I mean, talk about a big game performance. I think he had four sacks in the, or maybe four and a half in the Big 12 championship where he, I mean, I think that game they want Texas won on the last second field goal, I think 13 to 12 or maybe 12 to 10 or something. So it was, you know, a very low scoring game. Like Indomitian Sue controlled that game on his own, basically being double teamed the whole time. Uh, but I digress. But Seth, we talked about it a second ago and I'm trying to, kind of recollect my thoughts where we were going with this. Um, I don't know. I lost it. So let's just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It may come back around. What's but the no, last, I, like, what was the last Heisman you actually remember sitting there? Like, all right, I'm excited to sit here and watch who win. Like maybe stuff like Twitter has kind of changed that where it's like, well, I'm going to see, I'm going to get that news regardless. The instant it happens. Like I don't even need to sit down and watch. Right, I haven't watched it in forever. Yeah. I mean, the last, like, Heisman, at least, speech or anything I really enjoyed, I thought Joe Burrow's speech and kind of ceremony was pretty damn cool. Um, And that was a guy that I think just ran away with it the whole season and had 60 touchdowns, one of the best seasons ever. So that Mm -hmm. recent LSU team and Joe Burrow was kind of, at least in recent history, one that was a little bit interesting, had a cool storyline. Well, you're a little more tied to louisiana as well you know like that is true uh, that does hit a little cl- I, I agree i i I'm, I'm right there with you but um you know that does i think when it is a player that we have a little more tied to we do get a little more drawn into you know definitely kind of yeah stuff. just like so i mean even I, I went down to baton rouge the year he was there and just the atmosphere of the place was pretty crazy 
and the the stories of the guy from the students and i don't know he he's he's a little more wild off camera than what uh from what i've heard from students there and people who had seen him around campus so pretty interesting Trisha, what were you saying where what was the last thing y'all heard me do my wi-fi just went out for a second apologies about that just literally anything out of then uh yeah i don't know I don't oh, know well, exactly what I was saying about Joe Burrow, it was just cool <laughs> to go down to Baton Rouge, hear from the students about the, the type of guy he is, see the atmosphere. Uh, so that was definitely a part of it, being around Baton Rouge uh, during that time. But apparently he was a little bit crazier uh, off camera and off the field than what uh, I think a lot of people would have expected just from stories from girls that I knew that went there and some of the guys that I knew that went to LSU as well. He was... Uh, he got around Baton Rouge. I'll uh, leave it at that. I do remember he was can't on, avoid that. He was on <laughs> Pardon My Take the day after they won the national championship. And he was on there, you know, in his sweats, super hungover. And he was like, yeah, I was supposed to have an interview with Trey Wingo on ESPN at like 9 a.m. this morning. And I said, screw that. Like, <laughs> I'm just going to come <laughs> roll in with PFT and Big Cat and sit in my sweats and hang out. Uh, no, I, I I finally remember what I was going to say. Seth, you talked about kind of big performances, and you mentioned Darren McFadden. Now he was the only player on Arkansas, and that's where I was kind of going with Sue. Like, I think for me personally, the Heisman has to be someone that's truly making a team great. Like, and Caleb Williams did that, I think, for USC. Like, if you don't have him, the, the team looks very different. That's why I had a little – I got an argument with someone about Stetson Bennett you know, someone actually asked me if Stetson Bennett should have won the Heisman. Uh, I won't drop any names, but he knows who he is. And I just was like, you could put so many different players in a quarterback at Georgia and they would have the same season. I don't think if you put Stetson Bennett on TCU or USC or Tennessee, they're having the comeback seasons or historic seasons that they haven't seen in quite a while. They might even be decent, but they're not having like playoff, you know, playoff appearance. Yeah. Type like seasons. I think I think Stetson's good, but I don't think he's that level. And again, I, I'm baffled by the fact that, yes, yeah, you mentioned it. Hayden Hooker wins SEC first team and offensive player of the year, QB, whatever. And you take a guy in the conference to New York that didn't finish first. Yeah. I don't know. Just a little baffling, but. That is what it is. Robert is like taking a team from nothing to at least pretty good. Um, you don't even have to that in that type of situation, you don't even have to be great. You don't have to be the number one team, but it's like, man, this guy was absolutely everything that this team had. They ran everything through him. Lamar Jackson at Louisville. Mm -hmm. Like that was a, that was a season where it's like, Oh my gosh. Lamar is just amazing. Like they would do stuff that was just out of this world. Jim, uh, Jameis winning Jimbo and a natty. Like, yeah, dude was just your whole offense. Yeah, for sure. I think we can move along. Uh, there was a, Pretty tragic loss in the NFL this weekend that hit close to home for all of us. The Titans came out and got Ooh. just absolutely crushed by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I'll let Disgusting. any one of you just just kick we it off. We got sunned. We got sunned. We got punked in our own crib to the Jags at our own house to the for the Jags, first time bro. since 2013. That's crazy. Jacksonville hasn't beat us at home since then. 
And we put up and that you know performance. What it took it took four turnovers. <laughs> it took four turnovers for them to do it, but they did it with efficiency. Trevor Lawrence just diced us up. Like they, but it wasn't even Trevor Lawrence. Like somehow their guys were just wide open all Evan day. Ingram looked like Travis Kelsey. It, there was so much space. I didn't even know how to like, I couldn't even know who to get mad at as a defensive back because they weren't even in the picture of any of these receivers. <laughs> I don't care if it was uh, Evan Ingram, who we gave him his career best day in the NFL. Like this guy is not out here doing this to people all the time. I promise you. And him and Zay, Zay Jones and oh, all these guys are just running free. No one around. What happened? I, I'm going to get to a hopeful side maybe in a minute here. And it, his name is Danico Autry. That's our own. That's our like literal him and Christian Fulton is our only hope for our defense to be because we've seen our defense well. be good. We've we've seen our defense be really good, but this was not it. And they got put in a terrible position Four turnovers loses you. 99.9% of games in the NFL, a negative four turnover margin. That's a professional football team on the other side, and you gave them four turnovers. They're going to beat you, and they should, and they did They did what they should and beat us down. It was almost like not that the firing of John Robinson really has a lot to do with what happens on the field after the point, you know, or after the fact, but it just seemed like even – as I was watching the game, this franchise was just somewhat defeated. And everyone kind of knows, you know, the stadium, the Titan Stadium's never that, well, I shouldn't say never, but not usually that raucous or anything. And it just seemed like there was a lower level of excitement. And no one was Because everyone's kind of, everyone's at the same, got the same mindset. It's like, I mean, we're going to win the division, but we're just in a terrible division. We don't have any offensive line. We don't have any receivers. We got guys injured. It's just not a, not gonna finish strong the rest of this way. Yeah, it is. There's a chance we lose the division if the Jags go three and one, yeah, and the Titans is. go one and three. Jags win the division. One and three, and three so, and one. Because what they're five and eight right now. Yeah, but what if we beat the Jags? What if our one win was the Jags? Then I think, I think would... as long as we, as long as we, because it was that way this week. If we won, the Jags were eliminated. Yeah. So, so if, if we, we beat... win, if we if, if we beat the Jags, we're in the playoffs. That's what it always came down to, baby. Yeah, we're no, back. I to literally awesome. don't care. I want to. I want to make the playoffs at eight and nine. Like that I would be pretty hilarious. Want to just as like a punch in the face to the t- like, to the rest of the division. Like even when we are awful. We still beat this division. Like we still we did it. I think we were. That was my hope at the beginning of the year, and then I got excited because we yeah. rattled off a few wins. But we should have known the whole time that that wasn't even sustainable because we were rattling off barely wins against bad teams. That we can't score. We even What's... ran the ball well and sucked the other day. Like we yeah. ran Derek. Hen- they couldn't almost stop Derek. Derek Henry had hundred yards and a half. And it's like, how do you? Todd Downing, like, how do you mess that up? He had 100 <laughs> yards rushing in the first quarter, and we lost. What? <laughs> that can't happen. And it wasn't, like, one run. Like, it was, like, 12 carries, 100 yards. We are absolutely just punishing them. And then up in smoke, just up in smoke. Ever, <laughs> I hate to bring this in, but ever since that fateful plane ride from Green Bay, 
Things have not been going the Titans' way. <laughs> that was kind of the, bad. The, the flip of the switch. That is, the Titans have not looked good since then. I mean, I wonder if that the actually plane ride, kind the, of... I was just going to say, the notorious to. plane ride from Green Bay just kind of, it has a ring to it, like Shiano Sunday or something. Like <laughs> and just, it was it like, will... we even won that game by a ton. Like, like it's like, this should have been, it was a network game. Like, we won it by, big. It was exciting. It was fun. And then, bang, just downhill after that. I mean, you just get absolutely salt, like, just salted by the Eagles, just filleted by the Eagles. And then you you turn that up with, like, an embarrassment versus the Jags, just a straight up, oh, straight up just behind the woodshed. They killed us. There's only – I mean – That's what – no, they – yeah, they spanked us. Like it was total domination. Yeah, it was like third I... quarter. I'm turning this off. Like I was yeah, yeah, watching. watching. This is brutal. And it, yeah, it comes off the legs of Je- uh, uh, Don Robinson getting fired, who like built kind of an animal with Tennessee and was doing a lot of good things. But then there was enough. Like he had hit on too much early, so much early that he kind of. You you kind of didn't yeah, have period. to focus on all the misses like underneath, and there were too many misses like uh, kind of under the surface that boiled up and finally kind of got him in a place that you know he, it it was a bold move to go off and do it, but like if if you're actually committed to being a better franchise, to progressing as a franchise, you did have to do it. You didn't have to do it. You could have easily just kept John Robinson, gone to this next offseason seeing what happens, like keep going through the motions and yeah, kind of accept that you might get worse, but you know, you don't have that much chance of really improving as a franchise. And I think that's, that's a bold move to make to fire J Rob right then in the middle of the season, we are in first place in the division. We've only won like four divisions in the past 20 years. Now we 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 are on the backs of two. I mean, we're about to win our third. What, I mean, what do you think the next step is for the Titans? I mean, I think just leveling out at a little more success than this season. Like, that honestly feels like the, the, the ceiling for the Titans right now. Like, I feel you like know? we're so old. I think you got to start over almost. Especially. I think you're – you've got to revamp the offense. Like, you can't – we cannot be doing this. I, I – <laughs> I don't know what it needs to look like, but we cannot keep running out what we're – I don't even mind a run-centric offense, like heavy run game, but we cannot be doing whatever the heck – like whatever we are moving towards offensive identity, it is bad. It is terrible. It is bad, and it is antiquated, and it is needs to go. That's and, what I think Greg Olson was the one who said – he was basically saying – your your identity can be run game, hard nosed football, but once someone takes that away for you, from you, it's time to start looking for something else. Yeah, and people have taken that away. I mean, to different to varying extents, but like you look at San Francisco and their run, their offense is extremely run heavy, but they still have brilliant elements of the passing game, and like it's just it's you know it's just run different. It's a different system that like. And that's why uh, Brock Purdy's having success. Yeah, yeah, he looked yeah, amazing. I think that's – I mean, to be honest, I think that really is where the crux of the Titans franchise sits is where – what is our next quarterback situation? Like, we've gone from – because I think where we are now, right, if 
if Ryan Tannehill is our starting quarterback, we are, we do have a ceiling. Like, unless everything else is perfect, which is kind of the view we've always maintained. Yeah, the like, time has passed on that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I yeah. think he has to be pretty exact, much Yeah, exactly. Because the, the, the factor, like, for a moment, our team was lining up to, like, let Ryan Tannehill be a Super Bowl winning quarterback. Like, an elite run game, an elite defense, and, like, you just put the right guy in there to manage it and, like, not make too many mistakes, and we could, we could win. A, like, we could win the big one because we have enough pieces around it. But then, you know, he goes out and throws three interceptions and then all of a sudden the window closes and he's all of a sudden, he's definitely not the guy to get you over the hump. But like, where do you find that guy? That's where he's been so timid is because for so long, we didn't even have a guy like Ryan Tannehill. We didn't even have a guy that could start a whole season healthy or a guy that could be consistent enough in the NFL to like keep you, to just be competent. Like we... We liked Ryan Tannehill because we didn't have any – we went through the doldrums of finding a quarterback and, like, where is the next one coming? Like, Ryan Tannehill obviously is not a long-term solution. He might be your starter one more year. He might. But that is that – that is it can go no – and you probably even need to have a plan in place next year. Yeah. Um, We'd so save, I, I, don't I know. think, $37 million if we cut him next year. So – But where's – he hasn't he's still honestly proved that like where's your better option coming from the titans have done nothing to present a better option i think that's why jay yeah, i don't know is there yeah that's yeah that's all part of the equation like even you draft a quarterback pretty high like next year and he is just not the guy like <laughs> i do not see malik will you cannot hand the franchise off to malik will, unless you're going tank which i mean at this point we can't even hardly tank we're so good, we can't even tank. I mean, is kind of a, a position I want to say. It's like even when we are, dog, and Mike awful, Vrabel like, would never, he would never do that. You, there's no way you could pay Mike Vrabel to tank. I don't think that's in his DNA. So I don't really know where we go. Honestly, it does feel like an era is like closing. it's coming to an end. Yep, there's going to be a new Titans at some point. The ta- yeah, the Tannehill-Henry era was pretty good. I mean, it rivals – like, it only is probably surpassed by McNair-George in terms of, like, a duo. Yeah, and, I mean, oh, McNair-George yeah. only made it one more game. Yeah, they were – yeah. And I'm, are we going to say that, Collins uh, Johnson <laughs> up there yeah. with uh, – No, because they duos? never even made it to – did they ever win a playoff game? No. No, nah, they, they got that year. They went lost. thirteen and three. They bounced, got bounced by the Ravens, just like uh, yeah. what happened to us two years ago. Gosh. Yeah, but Tannehill has done it over several years. Like they have been a sustained run. It, like Collins Johnson was one year, and that was pretty much a one-off. Wasn't yeah. that okay? Was Vince Young on that team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like he a weird year where he, yeah, weird. Yeah, he year. got benched. Yeah, weird year Collins of quarterback. <laughs> and Kerry Collins was just dynamic. God, man, we've got we've played so many quarterbacks that just sucked. We've played we've run out <laughs> some bad quarterbacks over the years. Ryan Tannehill's the best quarterback we've had uh, since McNair. Yeah, so probably the second best Titans quarterback ever. I guess like we have been saying the right things for so long, but then we didn't realize like how sad that actually was. It was like, hey, Ryan Tannehill's our best quarterback since like 20 years ago. It's like, oh, that's really unfortunate. That's like, you didn't even like, have... really bad because he's not that good. <laughs> <It's> like really <laughs> bad. 
But I mean, there's also, oh. some, I mean, even like, I mean, how many other franchises have had no good quarterbacks over 20 years? I mean, I can't really think of any other franchises, maybe the Browns. Yeah, the Bra- yeah I'd say the Browns. But the Browns I mean, are the in. fact that we can kind of like loop the Browns and those Browns and the Titans in, in, in that similar category of horrendous quarterbacks, like that's not a good thing. Yeah, I can't think of like anyone that's just been so consistently nothing at quarterback. Like every team has at least had somebody for a couple of years. Yeah. I, I think what the Titans have got to do, we can talk a little draft maybe. Like I think you have to draft an O lineman yes. first round. T- left tackle to replace Luan, who we're going to have to cut next year. Yeah. Hopefully. And no, then we need to draft six linemen. If like we are not having lineman problems anymore, <laughs> screw it. We're getting, I think I would we're be totally six. fine if they drafted two alignment in the first three rounds. I would be fine with that as well. Do it. If we took a tackle and a guard, that'd be great. Or even a center. This is I'm, gonna be. This is a good crop of quarterbacks. Like, draft one early. Draft one in the first round. You probably get a good one. Yeah. Like, think about the actual list of draft eligible guys that probably gonna be out oh, there's there. a lot i say yeah. titans go get hendon hooker in like the second or third round love it i would love it i'm i'm waiting for the titans to get kj jefferson that would be awesome that's my ultimate dream as a, like just a fan dream kj jefferson Traylon, kj and derrick henry all in the same offense i would lose my mind that would be amazing put kj next to uh derrick henry and just let those guys eat even though derrick henry would be pretty old by then like, yeah, Henry's. I, I mean, another year. Out as well. That's what I'm talking about. There's going to be a real like new era of Titans offense pretty soon. Henry is probably gone within yeah, two like, years. I'd say two or three years. The problem with him, the problem with Derrick Henry, in like the most beautiful and amazing thing about him is he can't be a guy you just use like marginally because he gets better at like in his 35th carry, he's better than he is on his second carry. He's playing Rocky like you can't ball. just be like. Yeah, you can't just like be like, okay, well, Derek's still affect, you know, he's still just gonna be used on like 12 carries a game. He's gonna have a lighter workload. It's like, uh, that's not how Derek Henry yeah, runs. He's like he not needs good at that point. 30. Yeah. So but they've written they've ridden Derek Henry hard and it's paid off for a long time. I mean, it's got the Titans a lot of wins over the years. Um, and it's still it's still honestly the thing is the formula, it's got a few more wins left in it. Like just run Henry till you can't like that strategy of football does have a few more wins left in it. It's not that it's not dead yet. Derrick Henry did just rush for almost 200 yards in, in, a, in a NFL football game. What's he, yeah. What's Sunday. he at not, on the season? He's yeah, still going to have like leading the, in a, he's going to lead the NFL in rushing. Like we, we should not be so soon to just discount the King. You know what I'm saying? Like, He's he's all right. <laughs> he's no, yeah, no, I agree with that. I just don't think – I think it's got to end at some point. Like, It is on the downhill – like, yeah, it's on the downhill slope. But which is hilarious because I'm pretty sure he's going to have like 1,700 yards or something. Yeah. Yeah, Somewhere he's on pace. I mean, it's just know. now D. Henber, so he's got four more games. He's already got – yeah, 12 – like 12, yeah. You could easily have – you go for 2K – he could. That would he's be not going to. God, Bro, that would be yes. so sick. 
If our offensive line, off. see, our offensive line is bad this year. He's even yeah. doing all this like with a atrocious O line. So let's get Henry some dogs for one last run. Maybe that is what it needs to do. Like next year, we just put all chips on the table. Not even like like free agent signings. It's pretty much just like all our draft picks. All of this stuff is built on one last run with Henry. Like we are just filling gaps. We are getting O linemen and a few receivers and, you know, solidify whatever defense we need to. And we're going for one last – we are running the crap out of Henry until – we are running this thing until the wheels fall off. That would be sick. That Just getting nice, like, 40 carries then, a game. Because then it's like, well, I mean, what did you do? Oh, we prioritized O-line. So, like, now this O-line has a year of experience, and now our, you know, other quarterback – our next quarterback's coming in and, you know, has a decent O-line, you know, good way to succeed. It's like pretty much – it'd be an easy transition to the next form of – titans football well i think that's what's interesting is for for the past few years really the titans have been playing the short game just trying to win they were in win now mode for like a couple years if that makes sense and i think now you're at the point where it's like okay we kind of got a we got almost a rebuild really yeah it it is a rebuild that's what it's going to be honestly because you got to go with a whole new that era like we keep saying over and over again that era is going to be gone kind of yeah, and Sad. it sucks to start to rebuild something that never even, like, truly won. You know what I'm saying? And, like, the Titans don't traditionally – we just have to trust that we won't – it won't be, like, the last – like, the last time we had to rebuild, it took us 18 years to, like, put together a good team again. You know what I'm saying? Like, we literally just have to believe that, you know, with Rabel and, you know, Amy, God bless her, in charge that – uh We'll, we'll pick it right back up and can jump back and maybe even jump higher because um, we're never going to get to the top of the league like on our current trajectory. So our only hope is to rebuild and try something you know different and maybe we can make it with that. So I think we got the right – I mean, I think having Vrabel as our guy, like we got to – let's be honest, where we're – okay, so we do look at a, a John Robinson firing. Like – of the past four or five years, what has been the Titans' actual biggest issue? Like personnel problems. Yeah. Whether it's through injuries or bad signings or bad draft picks and stuff. Like they haven't really had issues like winning football games or getting in good position to win or and winning you know, games with like with lack of personnel, like you yeah, said. Yeah. So that that tells me the coach is the right spot. You know, oh, the yeah. coaches are do, is doing what he needs to do. It really is on the on the guy above him who's making personnel decisions. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't hate Vrabel being more in charge of personnel. Like, shoot, he's earned the rights to more power in our organization. Like, I trust his football scout. You know how close he is to, like, football scouting? Like, he's literally been there and is such a good eye for, like, this guy that can play or, like, this guy. I don't know. I, I would just trust his – I would just trust his football acumen to come in there and do what needs to be done, get the right players in there. You put the right – we just could – we could just be so much better as a team. Our personnel is not good. Our personnel is bad. So you put good personnel in that same position, they're going to really succeed. Well, it's funny but, you say that too because we've seen some coaches try to do the coach GM thing and it not work. I'm really just thinking of Bill O'Brien at the moment. But yeah. I truly think well, – that was dumb. He no, wasn't yeah. even good at coaching. But, 
I truly think Vrabel could do that. You know Vrabel's not getting rid of A.J. Brown. That's one thing we definitely know for a fact. Oh, yeah, he was pissed when uh, John Robinson did that. There's like a, a video of Vrabel freaking out after A.J. got traded. Yeah, and I think, too, I mean, you see him at the pro days and everything doing drills with the players. He knows, and he was very, him and Robinson, I mean, I guess Robinson obviously had the final say on everything, but usually him and Robinson were in talks about players and scouting and everything. I'm sure he could do that. Oh, yeah. I think Vrabel was very involved in all of those decisions, and J-Rob and him were very close, I think, in a lot of stuff they worked together. So it depends on – the only reason why I'd be a little nervous is because I don't necessarily trust um, our coordinators a ton right now. Yeah. And maybe taking Vrabel away from some of that and putting more of his focus on a a GM standpoint could – really make things go downhill from that standpoint. It could. You're right, because that's a lot to put on a guy's plate. And yeah. I, I would but assume it was going down coordinators would have to take over. So uh, at least on some of that stuff, he'd have to give up, which could be not good. I think he will move on from uh, – I think there's more change coming. I th- that was the big public, you know, first step is the firing of the GM. But I, I'm pretty sure there's going to be some a pretty good significant shakeup uh, after this season and so we'll see we'll see how it all shapes out it it actually does is going to be pretty interesting kind of you know what coordinators stay around you know what the who does become the more permanent gm i don't know we will see a lot about the trajectory in the next the full off season i think we'll have a lot better picture of kind of what the titans look like going forward mm-hmm. between the draft and free like just restructuring of everybody in the front office and, and free agency and stuff like that. I think, I think you'll have a lot better uh, picture of kind of what we look like going forward. So this was the first domino though. And it is a big one that just came out of nowhere. Usually you have rumblings that like something's something's up or like, I don't think I expected this. Well, and it said Amy, Amy said she was planning on firing him before that Eagles game. She says, I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know, dude. The the AJ Brown performance, I think, certainly had something to do with it. Like just seeing AJ how long go was for it, how long was it after that Eagles game? Was it the next day? It was the next day, yeah. Okay. Then yeah, forget what I said. <laughs> like I was gonna say I, if it was like a few days after some, well, I guess that doesn't necessarily make sense either. But no, either way, I mean no, I'm kind of surprised too. We didn't hear anything come up about it before it was released. Right. Unless Amy was just keeping it close to the vest. She I makes think her there, own moves. There is potential for that. And I was doing um some reading online. And what I read was pretty much this season from a GM standpoint is just about done. There's not going to be any major free agent trades. A lot of the work the the GM would have started doing at this point in the season is evaluating college talent, doing a lot of uh, just kind of next season work. So I think it also could have just been the timing that they knew they weren't going to be moving with J-Rob, moving forward with J-Rob. So they needed to go ahead, start the search, get on top of it now, preparing for next season from a GM standpoint. So I could see that as well. Yeah. Bad optics on timing though, for real. Right after AJ Brown torches you, you can't fire. Like wait till after we lose to Jacksonville by thirty, then fire him. That's a good sign because we're just showing we're just showing that AJ kind of destroyed, kind of 
Yeah, we're just like conceding to Asia. Literally, yeah, we're mental midgets because we can't even. I mean, yeah, we made a move and we got to stand by it. It's a long term move. I've always said that that move wasn't about this year. And if if any defense of J Rob, like that move for AJ Brown, you knew all along, yes, what would help our team be better at football this next season is AJ Brown being on the field. But like what helps our team for the next five years is like, hey, you know, drafting a comparable uh, replacement for him that actually could succeed. I'm not saying it's perfect logic. I'm just saying that is kind of how you, you do have to make decisions. And unfortunately, his long-term thinking got him fired because mm-hmm. people want to know well, we can't we can't see regression this year. But how like how often does a number one receiver guarantee no, lock every year come along? Like that's not, pretty hard it doesn't to find. Happen. Yeah. So, Another place the Titans have really struggled. <laughs> like quarterback. I think you pay AJ over Harold Landry. I mean, I think you can you can dial up pass rushers and use a, a front seven. And it's obviously easy to say that in hindsight with AJ going off this year and uh, Landry tearing his ACL. But and all right, another thing about the AJ thing is AJ Brown does not have that type of season in the Titans offense. Our offense is not suited to just throw like to give him that kind of freedom in an, like we're not towing him the ball that much. We're not giving him that many opportunities. Like his numbers do not look anything like they do if he plays at Tennessee. But I think we beat the chiefs. We beat the Bengals and we beat the giants. If we have AJ Brown this year. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I think he would easily make a giant difference. Yeah. Having one person to throw to. Because, I mean, with Traylon being out, obviously, slow start to the season. When Cody Hollister, Jeff Swaim, (laughs) and like – That's what I'm saying. But that's what I'm saying. It goes so far beyond beyond A.J. Brown. The problem wasn't trading away A.J. Brown. The problem was having, (laughs) yeah, Cody Hollister as your number Yeah, having no one else as well. Yeah, yeah, that was your – and like your big free agent signing was Rob, like Robert Woods. He's a good number three receiver. That's what he should be. Like he should be your solid number three guy. That's like, okay, yeah, this guy can make plays for us, but he's not a number one. Like he's not or a number even two. Really a number guy. two. Yeah. At this point yeah. in his career, maybe at one point he was a number two, but in I think borderline number one, but at this point, not a number one or two in your offense. Like Nick Westbrook Aquina is not your number one (laughs) (laughs) in no planet. And that was the plan. Like even if AJ Brown's there, Nick Westbrook Aquina is your, your number two. Like that's just, that's messed up. That's my problem is I, I truly think Nick Westbrook Aquina, like in other franchises is almost a practice squad guy. (laughs) That's what's so like, you're not wrong. Like that's, that's insane. yeah, seriously. That we're trotting him out as a number one in like half the games this season. That's it's so brutal. And like he, I liked I liked no Tajay Sharp probably more than I like Nick Westbrook Akine, and he went over to the Vikings and was like bouncing up and down from the roster to the practice squad. Yeah. Dude, Taywan oh. Taylor might have even been better than nah, no, no. <laughs> Yeah, you could bring you could bring us a long list of bad Titans wide receivers. I did. Hey, we remember Justin Gage or Nick Westbrook Akina. <laughs> oh, dude, twelve Gage baby, come on. 
Nate Washington was legit. Nate Washington. This is a good one. Um, I mean, Nate Washington is kind of what's embarrassing, though. Like, he is truly one of the best Titans receivers of all time. <laughs> like, he's good, but he's, of all he's, time, he's he's probably number three now that AJ had his little stint with us. It's like Derek Mason and AJ, and then Nate Washington. That's so sad. Kenny Britt, Kendall Wright. That's good. Kendall Wright. <laughs> oh, we have been so bad. <laughs> Dude, J-Rob looked like a good GM to us because all of our other GMs were even worse. Like, we were the worst. We've been, like, the worst drafting team of all time. Dude, Kendall Wright in the first round is... Bishop Sankey at, like, pick 34. Like, (laughs) this bad thing. Dude, Bishop Sankey was horrible. Dude, I thought he was going to be good. I remember that. I did too. I was excited. Yeah, I was excited at the time, but that shows how dumb I was. Doyle Green Beckham. I thought thank he was God we got rid of him. It was a trade at least. Wasn't yeah. it? No, dude, yeah. that, that was one of the best we... trades the Titans had made like ever. Yeah, because we got uh, – DeMarco we got Murray out of that. Left. And a pick. I thought that's when – I thought Doyle Green Beckham came over when we uh, – no, we traded Doyle Green Beckham to get um, that left tackle who played for us. Dennis Kirk, Kelly. He was kind of a Dennis Kelly. Yeah, I knew it was Kelly. I couldn't think of his first name. That's a good trade. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good trade because Dennis Kelly he actually was solid for us for a while. See, that's another thing, too, that like your offensive line had so little depth that when one guy got hurt, it just threw everything into just pure terrible chaos. Like one – your starting left tackle got hurt and just there was never any any even option to replace him. Dennis Daly is out there getting abused. He's so bad. And he was your best option. Like, and you haven't you knew that going up to the trade deadline and you didn't even do anything. Like, get someone else in here who can play left tackle. I there are better options. There, there are options out there that I promise you we could make work better than what's going on out there right now because it is bad. And they can't take him out because no one's behind. Like if anyone else in the league is having that type of like back to back to back to back game stretch of just pure being that awful, they get pulled. Like someone's coming in, whether it's a rookie or like someone's coming in because we, this cannot be the norm every single week of just getting abused. Even several throws Tannehill made Dennis uh, Daly's on the ground and his, (laughs) His guy has hit Tannehill. Yeah. It's pretty atrocious. But that's one injury away. That was one injury away, J-Rob. You were one injury away from Dennis Daly being your starting left tackle, bro. Like, that is not good. We That needs to be just – you look, we've got two guys sick with the flu this week. We got several guys down for the year. Like, we're on our ninth, 10th, 11th guy of the season. Or just depth. I guess that is the Titans' problem. Like on the front line, they have a good roster of their like a, their you know twenty two. Like of their starting twenty two, it's like well, that looks like it could be a competent, good roster. But that's not how the NFL works. You're going to play eighty guys in the course of a season, and they were not prepared. To, like they did not have that many good players at all. They can't fill any holes right now, and they have a lot of holes. They have a lot of holes, and they can't fill any. It was like they saw success with it last year, so they were like, all right, I guess we just won't get any more good guys because we can just game our way into wins. 
Yeah. And I will say, like, when the Titans are ugly, they are uglier than most because they play, like, a not very glamorous style of football. Even when they win, it's kind of like, oh, that was kind of way too close against a bad team late in the game. So, like, then when they turn, when they lose the turnover battle by four, it just can get out of hand because their offense sure as heck cannot keep up, like, with that. I mean, obviously they turned it over four times, but they didn't score very much outside of that. Like their offense just can't hang with anyone. So if there's anything lost, it's just ugly. Like it's just bad. Uh, I don't know. Like, I guess my hope is that at this point, I'm just essentially just praying for a miracle in the playoffs. Like the season just ends with a loss. I mean, yeah. it's almost guaranteed at this point. Like, I don't even know. Just, <laughs> like, I don't even know how we could catch. Like, the thing is, I I am the most bright-eyed, optimistic fan, like of any time, anything at all times, because I can always like imagine a way. There's like, I know, I I I can't the right look people at this team hot, and like, yeah, if the right thing happens, I could see it. like it literally will take a performance like that five straight times where the other team turns it over four times more than us. And yeah, may okay. Yeah, if in four games in a row, four teams turn it over like four plus times, yeah, I could see us, you know, winning something. But that's just not how like that will never happen. So it literally is just a miracle. There's no rational way based on our roster or how we play football that we could do it at this point. I didn't yeah, know I was totally gonna come down that strong. Team. I didn't even know I was gonna come down that strong on the Titans, but I I went there. Like I saw darkness when I saw that game the other yeah. day. Well, that's what totally changed my tune. Seth, you and me kept talking like a couple of weeks ago when we were, when the Titans were up and down. It's like, oh, we just got to get to the playoffs and hope we get hot. Now it's kind of becoming clearer and clearer that it's just there There will be no getting hot. Like maybe <laughs> maybe they'll surprise us. Maybe they'll win a they game. They could or get but hot, yeah. but even their hot is not good. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could start. They will start. They will start playing better than they played the other day. Like they will yeah, not play that bad the rest will. of the year. But, like, they just aren't that good. So it doesn't really matter um, at the end of the day. But eh, I'm still going to watch them. I'm still going to love the boys. But uh, eh, I'm not super, not super stoked on the Super Bowl odds for the Tennessee Titans, which is probably the year we're going to win. That's only the only hope I had is, like, for the last three or four years, I've been like, no, we're really going to win the Super Bowl. Like, I believe our team can win the Super Bowl, and we haven't. Now I'm finally starting to like put it in my head that we're not going to win it. And somehow they're going to, I hope, but I hope, I hope to God, they prove me wrong. I would lo- like, I would love nothing more, but I do, do not see it. No, I mean, I do not see it. I think with injuries piling up and everything, it, they seem to be just getting worse every week. I, I don't know if we just have the, the, depth and talent to really do anything i mean do you think that is on the the strength and conditioning staff is that something that's i've been wondering to be changed because like it's been it's been way too routine for the the franchise right now so there need to be some changes in terms of the last three years we've had like the most injuries in the nfl something doesn't happen yeah something's up with that and I don't know what you go to with the strength and conditioning staff maybe it's a mobility thing you need to be making guys do more of those kind of exercises because some of them are kind of weird. Some of them are broken bones and stuff, which I don't know how you combat that a whole lot. But yeah, when guys are pulling hammies and stuff, that's 
Like, are we stretching guys out? Do we know? Like, are we taking care of guys' bodies after games? You know, I don't know. Something, yeah, something with the the training staff, strength and conditioning, something needs to be changed because the consistent theme of injuries, if that happens, it doesn't matter how good our roster is. We're just not going to have depth to be able to beat anybody uh, come playoff time. Yeah. Oh, well. I guess we'll move on. What was it? Was there a was there a bright spot from the game the other day? Uh, Chig. Yeah, that was cool. That was good. I mean, he's yeah, dude, like I, he's going to be pretty good. I think. Yeah, next he is. Year, yeah, he, he's he's going to be a solid tight end for us for the next three to five years. Hopefully, it looks like. Yeah, he has had he's has had a good year, just like solid. Like, haven't asked him to do like too terribly much, but he's Hooper's made some big really, plays. Hooper really came on, and that's been nice to kind of have him and Chig. I'm glad Jeff Swaim has kind of just not been nearly as involved uh, from an offensive standpoint, passing standpoint at least. Um, I mean, he shouldn't be involved really at all, but oh well, such as the Titans. The swing or the bubble screen pass to Jeff Swaim of him like jumping up and not even – like the incomplete bubble screen to Jeff Swaim will haunt my memories for my entire life it's i'll so remember gross. that forever. <laughs> like I, I i think it was that pod that you said will how was the thought process okay let's get jeff swaim into space and uh see what he can yeah. do out there yeah you know <laughs> we get into space jeff swaim get that boy moving the lions throwing to pin a sewell the other that day, was crazy like, more sense than that that was crazy yeah um let's talk a little hoops we got college basketball. It's it's so easy. I said this the other day because I actually flipped on some college basketball games on Saturday. It's so easy to transition when things are not going well for you on the football front, you know? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Basketball season comes around at a very nice time. Balls are rocking so, and rolling right now. Well, yeah. and that's what – it depends on where you're at with your football team. Like, sometimes you don't start watching basketball till January or something. But for a lot of people, it's all right, let's go ahead. Oh. And, yeah. Let's turn our attention. Oh, to I've spent a lot of time watching basketball in early November. We have had some bad football seasons. It has been a breath of fresh air whenever basketball starts for <laughs> Arkansas fans. Um, so yeah, we've been paying attention early for quite a few years now. Um, so yeah, we're, we're starting to heat up. We're starting to heat up this year. It's going to be a fun one. A lot of fun teams, a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of SEC talent, which is always fun when the SEC has kind I of. I think a stronger the SEC conference. has what six ranked teams this year. Looking like, like it now, they've had a good out of conference record. They're, they've won some big games. Um, it's it's looking good and and really exciting for some some teams close to home for us. Uh, Vols and Hogs have kind of been two of the two of like the main four or so programs over the last probably little bit here that you know Five years up and down so. a little up and down a little bit throughout that but um kind of the main players in the sec you know kentucky and bama's been pretty solid lsu's had some good teams there's kind of been a rotating fourth but i'd say honestly yeah of the last even like, yeah yeah auburn's been in there quite a bit but they've had some down ones too um that final so, four season was pretty nice for them yeah that was cool It'd be nice for Tennessee to rattle off one of those. Yeah, it's, the still furthest Tennessee yeah. has ever made it is Elite Eight under Bruce. I mean, you got to think Rick Barnes. My, my thought is a little bit of, you know, not fully in 
he's never been my coach, but it's like, you got to think he gets through at some point, like the tournament, as much as it is about the better team, like a lot of it is almost rant, not random, but kind of there's, there is some kind of luck involved in making some runs. Like at some point he's got to yeah, catch certainly. a little bit, just enough to like make I it. I mean, he's due. Like, I don't even. He hasn't yeah, made the final even, four since TJ Ford at Texas in like 2006. It's been a while for old Ricky B. He needs to make some kind of magic happen. Yeah. Just like choking, not, not even choking. See, it's always funny to me when they say coaches choke, like how could a coach choke? Like, yeah, they might not have had their team most prepared, but I wouldn't say a coach would ever choke. They just like weren't good enough at coaching. Like they just (laughs) didn't have the team ready. Yeah. The players should already be ready to go at that point. Yeah. So, because he's had so much talent, like there has been enough talent roll through there to like make they've had several capable teams to like make deep runs even at tennessee like forget his time at texas like let's just think about his program yeah, at tennessee like, you've had enough you had two Brent teams team was, that like yeah you had two teams that really people thought this team could win a national championship or make it yeah. super far in march and it's yeah true so you just said it one of the grant williams team grant williams jordan bone admiral uh, that team was Con- nasty. Lamar I really thought that was a team. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was a team for sure. I re- yeah, I picked them. They to were win number it that one. Year. Like one I point. really thought. Yeah, I really thought that Tennessee team was was gonna take him at least to the final four. I that, really they were all so. juniors, like juniors and seniors, all good. Like it was it, that was the perfect storm. I can't believe we that team lost in the Sweet Sixteen. And it was cool because that was the team that Rick built. Like those were three star guys three stars, yeah. that he truly helped develop and turn them into i mean one of the best most talented teams in the country Dude, really. grant williams um, was playing like 25 minutes a game in the nba finals last year yeah exactly um, i mean if he didn't go to tennessee I, with rick barnes that doesn't happen and i'd probably say honestly last year is the other team you talk about having a real chance to at least make a deep run like it was I'm, I wouldn't say it was a better team. I thought it was a more dangerous team. SEC like they just always had, I mean. Well, they just always had a threat to take the top off because of their shooting ability, really. Yeah, and especially with having a leader like Kennedy Chandler, that point guard that could just get to the racks. So Akai Ziegler's defense was crazy. Um, uh, Viscovi, his, like you said, three-point shooting ability could pop off at some time, so it was really fun to watch him, but... I think this year, yeah, they're good. Like they're this right year, this team again. is really, really good. Yeah. Julian Phillips is might be the best freshman in the country this year. And Tyree, oh, just just throwing that out there. I mean, that's dude, a big. That's a big. Nick Smith is going to have something to say about that before that is all over. I mean, He's three games in, averaging over twenty points a game, just hopped in. Like he's going to be all right. Dude, Julian Phillips. Yeah, we will see. We will see. It's crazy. Um, And Tyreek Key, the transfer from Indiana State, has been uh, insanely good as well. So I'm excited to see what this Vols team can do. Number six in the country right now, well ahead of Arkansas, who is number 10, I believe. (laughs) Yeah, Um, well ahead. (laughs) Just, But Bama's up to number four, right? Yeah, got some good wins. It's good for us. They beat two number one teams, didn't they? Houston and uh, North, course, Carolina. North Carolina's out of like, I don't even know if they're even ranked at this point, but they were number one. Yeah. Trisha, what's the deal with, uh, is Josiah, is he hurt right now? 
Yeah, he is hurt. And he was, uh, he tweeted out a picture of a quote that Geno Smith said recently that I thought was actually a real uh, cool quote. How he said, my worst moments would be somebody else's dreams. Uh, so I, I fought through all that. And Josiah Jordan James tweeted that like on Saturday or Sunday or something. So, I would I would think he's going through some tough times right now. I would I would think Josiah Jordan James might be missing some serious time. What's the what's the injury? Is it late? I, uh, I don't even know what it is. I think I it was lower body. I want to say it was knee or ankle. I'm trying to remember, mm. but yeah, yeah, something that has been nagging him all season long. That's tough. I do know who number it, Purdue is number one right now in college mm-hmm. basketball. After escaping Lincoln, Nebraska on Saturday, like I watched that game and don't get me wrong. The Huskers missed a lot of shots where they could have really taken control of that game, but y'all probably didn't see it. But towards the end of the game, it goes to overtime and Huskers get down one. So, and I think there's 20 seconds left, so they're going to foul, right? Purdue passes the ball in, they dribble down and two Huskers are about to foul him. Like they're going to. But before they even get to him, the guy gets flustered and loses the ball. And the second the ball pops up, ref blows the whistle, calls a foul, and they look at the replay, and people are going nuts. Like, no no one touched the guy. The guy goes down and hits two free throws and pretty much, you know, ices Jeez. the game for him. Were people so throwing tough. stuff on the court? No, man. Best fans in have. sports, so no. <laughs> but – uh no, it's the Huskers are having kind of an exciting season. I, I mean, their their record isn't that great at but the they already moment, got but a they did beat, really big win, didn't they? They beat Creighton, top ten. I think they were well. Yeah, they were, were top they? ten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know they were numbers. They were number seven at one point. I want to say. Okay, yeah, I was going to say yeah. nine or something. I don't even so. know. I don't think they're ranked anymore, but still, at the time, yeah, they dropped to. Yeah, they dropped to 16 after Nebraska, and then they might honestly lost again. But I think on the resume, it's still – like, does that still count as a top-10 win when you're looking yes, at yeah. the bubble two us, later? For right now, yeah, absolutely. Okay, I mean, okay. <laughs> what, top Creighton beat no, Arkansas, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Fred Hoiberg is uh, – it looks like you kind of see a turnaround happening because Husker basketball has been pretty down in the dumps recently um, ever since – Honestly, ever since Tim Miles got fired, which I still kind of disagree with that whole firing that happened. But Hoiberg looks like he's finally turned around. They have some talent. It's not a great shooting team, though, in my opinion. They had so many chances to win that Purdue game, especially there was one possession where I think they got five offensive rebounds, seriously, um, and didn't score. So going to have to fix that. They just don't – they have one guy, Kelsey Tominaga, who's kind of their three-point guy, and that's pretty much it. Sam Grissel is kind of the best player. He's a six-seven point guard, um, but he was not. He's been sick and was not good in that game against Purdue. I think he was two for thirteen or something. So, not good. But college basketball always fun to start getting into. It is just so exciting, and yeah, it's what well, it it is. It makes college sports great. You know, there's some good matchups upcoming too. Um, Vols are going to Arizona, I believe. Yeah, um, that's pretty cool. That's a nice little home and home that they set up. Um, there's a this past weekend was really good. Arkansas played Oklahoma. That's a fun one. It'll be an SEC matchup too. So it kind of those matchups bring even a little more heat these days because it, you know, like 
now Oklahoma's about to be a true rival of Arkansas. I mean, we're border to the state together. Like, all right, it's time to bring it on. Like, we're coming for y'all. So uh, it's just a, it's a fun time of year still in college basketball. It gets a little more serious after the start of the year, like the calendar year. But really exciting to see right now just kind of how teams are forming up. And, you know, then we'll get ready to run and get ready for March. It's what we're all we're all here for the tournament. You know, I mean, you know, what happens during the year, we're just putting yourself in position. We just need to be in position to be in position. Um, and that's what that's what Muss has done a really good job of. Kind of like opposite of the Rick Barnes, like not a just a long career of like continued success in the regular season, but he put together a lot of good tournament run already um, as kind of still a young college coach. So get ready, get ready for that March run. Hogs are winning the SEC and the tournament this year and the national championship. We're going to have the greatest season of all time. Gold. And just yeah, that is not lose cool. another game all the way yeah, until. Uh, no, we'll probably lose like, we'll lose two games in conference. How would it two be? Games the, in conference. How would it be the best season ever if you lose? I don't know. I feel like if you lose, if you win your regular season, you win your conference tournament, and then you win March Madness, it's pretty much as great as it gets. Like, yeah, we lost three games, but it's college basketball. Has no one ever gone undefeated in college basketball? I feel like they probably have a long time there's, ago. Like I don't think many probably some teams, of those UCLA, like maybe UCLA, like a few of those teams. Yeah, John Wooden's um, basketball team. Was, I think. Well, yeah, that the, that UCLA team. I think two years in a row didn't lose a game. Was Calipari's Memphis team? Didn't they go undefeated with Derek they Rose? About, no, Chalmers, they had lost right? one. Well, that's what I mean. Like, I think they had lost the one? one. I think they were okay. like. I can't say for certain, but. It may have been the Tennessee, like yeah, I, know, right. I know that the Tennessee beat them when it was like a one-two matchup at some point around yeah. there. I don't know if that was that yeah. season though. I don't know if that was Derek. I think it not. was. For some I reason though, was. I think Tennessee beat D-, D Rose's team, but I could could I could be wrong, but I think so. I want to say you're right. Then then say it. <laughs> Just yeah, let I, it be. That does sound right. We, start, we stated the record now, like. All right, go fact check it. I don't know. Sure. They beat their <laughs> team. So, John Wooden, five of those UCLA teams went undefeated and won the national championship. That wow, is that's crazy. It, Not bad, John dude, Wooden. It had to be. It was such a different era, though. But like, that is what? crazy. You can't take away. I'm not – I would in no way, like, take away from what John Wooden did. But it's just – there's no – no one's you couldn't do even that the again. best coaches of our ages cannot sustain something. No, you can't do that. You can't. It, yeah. It's the last I mean, the last guy to do it was Bobby Knight at Indiana in 76. So that was the last time somebody has gone completely undefeated the whole way through. Well, I'm just saying, even I think maybe at some point they put together a team they could go undefeated once. I'm saying to put together five like times? five undefeated like seven Within, years. Yeah, there's yeah, it ain't happening. five Man. out of like eight years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, John Wooden won ten national championships, right? Well, isn't nine or know? ten? I don't even yeah. know. I think he won ten. Yeah, ten. Because I think that's the all-time record. Yeah, John Wooden was pretty awesome. I read a book about him once. It was he had a lot just, of good players. Bill he Walton. really knew he knew how to win like basketball games. Like he was dialed in on like this is how we do it. He did it his way and it worked out real well. 
because Coach K had some like good runs, but not, never anything like that kind of dominance. I mean, they were you know really good for sustained periods, but nothing like that. No, nothing. I mean, like you said, it'll never be done again. Yeah. Isn't it wild to think like yeah the first because I mean. Honestly, even sports, in essence, were kind of just younger back then. Like, that was just a lot less – a lot of seasons ago. Like, the Celtics winning all those NBA titles before it was really, you know, a ton of parody. It's just – you have – you can't, like, discredit it, but it, it's just a whole – you just have to view it differently. Like, Bill Russell winning, what, 11 titles? It's just different. Yeah, how many did they win in a row? Eight? They won, like, like 11 that. out of 12. <laughs> It's like, like all right, well, yeah, congrats. Like, y'all, it's like obviously there was imbalance in the league for that to yeah. happen year in and year out. Well, wasn't it like Bill Russell? It was like, oh, the Celtics have the 6'10 guy. Well, Wilt Chamberlain was in the league at the time. Oh, that's true. That's true. Yeah, no, the Celtics just had four Hall of Famers on one team. That's true. Yeah, four Hall of Famers in a league that, 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 that just – Yeah, back then. like a whole different – yeah, just a whole different animal. Pretty amazing. Legendary. All right, well, I think that about wraps us up for tonight. A little shorter pod, uh, getting excited for the football playoff coming up. Still a few weeks out. Um, maybe we might have to talk a little New Year's Six Bowl action next week or the week after. So, Oh, yeah. We'll get going on that. But, guys, thanks again for listening. Be sure to check out Six Pack Coverage, sixpackcoverage.com on – the socials at six pack coverage. Be sure to check us out on Twitter at Pater underscore sports and on Instagram at Pater sports guys. Thanks again for listening. We will see y'all next week. Tighten up until I die until I die. <laughs> <laughs> till we all die till Pater dies. <laughs>